sensitives, we find ourselves in a world encouraging us to tune out when our greatest power is to tune in. And sometimes being tuned in is just frankly overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature and to sort through the noise to help us find our inner truth. I'm your host, Marcy Moberg, a fellow sensitive, intuitive coach and healer and shadow worker. For the past two decades, I've been on a journey to heal and tune in to the unseen and unconscious realms of life. And seven years ago, I decided to dedicate my life to sharing what I've learned and guiding others to do the same. On this podcast, you'll find deep, real talk conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning intuitive questions. Equal parts spiritual and human, my work is trauma-informed and always practical. I'm so glad that your intuition led you here. Welcome to Tune In with Marcy. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg. I'm so happy that you're here today. We are diving into another dream seat. If you are not familiar with what dream seats are, dream seats are an opportunity where I sit down with a podcast listener and we explore a dream together and I do a little bit of dream interpretation with them around a dream that they feel stuck on uh, or they have some big questions. So this week's episode is all about listener Kelly and this amazing dream that she has that I feel like is so relevant. There are a lot of symbols in this dream that I find come up a lot in the dream work that I do with people in my client work and in my groups, and they include water. So if you've ever had dreams about water, this might be an interesting one for you to listen to. They include a ship. This dream includes diving deep into the ocean and, uh, this sense of like going too deep. There are a lot of really important themes in this dream. If you've ever had a dream that has a like magical, omnipresent quality, almost like a transcendence, like maybe almost feeling like a mystical experience, that's the kind of quality that the dream that Kelly brought to our session today in this episode carries. And I find that people have at least one, if not more of those kind of dreams in their life. And they usually come at really important times of transition, times where we're being invited to step into uncharted territory, times where we are experiencing career changes, where we're shedding former selves where we have like this invitation where we're going to go forward. We're not exactly sure where it's going to go, but we know that we're being invited into a different part of our lives. And and maybe parts of us are resisting that or struggling with that or questioning it. So if you've ever been on one of those threshold moments, maybe you're in one of them right now. I feel like so many people I've talked to who are in this moment have been in, you know, experiencing the long haul of the pandemic effects are feeling like, you know, on the threshold of being very different people, maybe making big decisions or feeling called like something needs to change. I really hope you listen to this episode because this dream is going to be relevant to you. So I will transition us now to uh, the dream seat with Kelly And then stick around all the way to the end because I'll come back on and share some important reflections based on what came up for Kelly's dream and what we can take away from that experience for our own lives. Welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm so delighted to be here with you today for another dream seat. And today we have uh, listener Kelly joining us for the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Kelly. You want to say hello? Yes. Thanks for having me, Marcy. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for offering up a, 
a dream for everyone to join in the journey on. Um, this is going to be a really rich dream. I think everyone is going to really enjoy it. But before we dive in, I'd like to just kind of center us and, and kind of invite in your guides and your dream teachers to come in. So we have some like a nice sacred container as we do this journey together, because I do feel like dream work is really sacred work. So as you're ready, you can start to draw your attention inside and listeners, if you're listening at home and it's safe for you, you can join us in on the centering process. So just start to draw your attention inside and connecting into the breath or the body where you're sitting, anything that feels like a nice anchor to just allow your awareness to leave that which has happened before this time together and give your, your mind, your body, your spirit, a little bit of space to just sink in deeply now. Maybe allowing the breath to lengthen slightly and feeling like heaviness or contact with the body where you're sitting. Just giving space for all the parts of yourself to arrive. And as you do, inviting in any supportive spirits, beings, your well and bright ancestors, guides, parts of yourself. Just kind of inviting in your well and bright support team as you go into this exploration today. Those supportive powers that really led to the opportunity to have this conversation today. And in the same way as you invite yours in, I invite mine in so that they create a sacred circle of protection and exploration, a container for us. You can take a deep breath into the belly and exhale out to the mouth. And as the breath goes out, it's bringing you back into awareness of your being in this space where we are now, slowly opening the eyes. And our circle now is officially set and open. So Kelly, you've brought such an awesome dream for us today. I'm really excited to explore it together. And I'm really excited for listeners to be on the journey with us. Um, if you could, could you start us out with just a brief synopsis of uh, your dream and what happened? Sure. So my dream takes place on a ship and it is nighttime. It's pretty dark uh, where my dream takes place. And so large ship, I am watching over most of the scene rather than um, kind of actively participating in it. And there is a essentially an altercation and a disagreement um, where one of the women, there are three other people on the ship and um, one of the women becomes exposed in some way. And um, she decides to uh, take it out on the, the person that has exposed her, um, who's kind of standing on this plank that is uh, attached to this, this, what I believe is the starboard uh, side of the ship. <laughs> and she decides to, uh, in kind of retribution for being exposed, um, this, this woman decides to take one of two weapons that she has and hurl them. Uh, she has a gun and she has a, a, a throwing axe and she decides to throw this throwing axe at the um, woman on the plank and she dodges the, the axe and, and essentially dives off the, the, 
the, the plank off the side of the ship. And in my dream, it's a, a fairly cinematic moment as she kind of tumbles through the air and goes kind of dives really deep down into the ocean. And my dream becomes this almost cross-section view of, of the ocean and her, her body in my dream is so small looking, it's almost so delicate looking, but it plunges so deep. And in my dream, I'm, I'm kind of watching, uh, you know, this experienced, what I know to be an experienced swimmer that should be easily able to, you know, reach the surface, but she just ends up plunging, um, you know, so far deep into the ocean, um, that she doesn't make it uh, back to the surface. Hmm. That's sort of the premise of the dream. <laughs> and <clears throat> just so listeners are following along with you, the one that jumped off, the, the one that like leapt off the plank and dove deep, that was the person throwing that was like, was exposed or the person that ex- did the exposing? I believe that she was, she had been, she had exposed the person that was reacting to this exposure. Mm-hmm. There had been some wrongdoing by the, by the, by the woman with the weapons. And this, this person had been ultimately an innocent party uh, that had been, kind of force force off, you know, through this, through this violent act. Got it. Okay. So when you think about this dream, this awesome rich dream, I love all the imagery. It's so vivid and it's like a beautiful, I feel like, like a cinematic dream. Like I really, you know, quite rich. What, um, if you were to think about it, what one to three words would you use to describe this dream today? Hmm. I would say, actually, I would use the word cinematic. It felt cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt uh, almost mm, like there was an, an, a magical quality to it that felt almost like there was kind of an om- omnipresence to it. Mm-hmm. Like it could be looked at from different angles. I'm not sure what the word is necessarily, but there was an almost godlike feeling to the quality of the dream. It didn't feel kind of human experiential. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure what that omniscience or something like that. Uh, and... I would also say it felt transcendent a little Mm -hmm. bit, like transcendent of time and uh, typical mm, laws of nature and that kind of thing. And how did it feel? Because as I understand you, is this right? You were kind of witnessing this whole experience, particularly the moment where this main character who jumps off, like gets pushed off the plank, like where she's, you know, kind of plunges into the ocean. So how Mm -hmm. did it feel to be the one that's witnessing this whole experience? It's interesting because when I think back to my emotion in the dream, as I was watching her, it was almost like intrigue. Like it was like a, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't think, there was going to be any kind of problem. I was almost watching it from a sense of rooting her on, uh, Oh, you know, wow. She's going really deep. Like, but she should be fine. Oh no, no, now she's going a little bit too deep. And so it kind of, it just shifted the, the more kind of her body went deeper and deeper into the ocean. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it was such a striking experience and and that part of the dream is most etched in my into my mind because it started out in a a much more uh lighthearted way as she kind of first hit the water 
like, oh, she's my teammate. She knows how to swim. She'll be fine. Oh, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get this, this woman back or something like that. And then as she went further and further, like my confidence in the degree of, or like the seriousness of it, of it began to become a lot more uh, potent. So it changed kind of the mood, I think, watching that from, mm you know, this maybe lighthearted altercation on the, you know, on the ship to this more sinister kind of um, view, but also in this beautiful way. And also because I was, it's, it's odd to say because it does feel very morbid to watch someone essentially that's plunging into the water, but I didn't feel a morbidness about it. It was just a shifting of the, of the mood. Mm-hmm, I don't know how to describe that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm following you. I'm, I felt I'm, detached from the reality that she might actually perish, but was more just like a little bit questioning how the scenario is changing as she went further and further. Mm-hmm. because it, every, every, you know, foot more of depth meant she would have to swim that much further. Right. So that's what was all going on as I was watching. Got it. And, and just for clarification, was there, as she's kind of plunging deeper down, is there any point where she's trying to swim up, but then can't make it or she just keeps going down? No, I don't have a visual or a memory of, of the swimming back up part. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the interesting part. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, do you see any connections to your waking life in this dream? Oh, the other thing that I was going to say, can I add one more thing to that part about the plunge part? Sure. That was pretty different from so while as she's plunging down, there was a very strong narration. There was an, mm-hmm. an audio narration of what was happening. And it was essentially an audio narration that was told from the distance of time, like almost like, and then as she fell deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, it was a retelling kind of a, of what had happened mm-hmm. um, versus watching it in live time. Mm-hmm. that's kind of, I think, where I am getting this quality of transcendence. Mm-hmm. So you're watching and it's being narrated and it's happening at the same time. Right. It was kind of just like in movies where they'll take a scene, but then the narration is a look back, you know, that's mm-hmm. what it felt. That's essentially what was happening. Yeah. And it made this, it made me, I think the emotion of it felt, made me feel a little bit disconnected from, you know, the immediacy of, oh my gosh, we have to help her because it was like, it had already happened. It was over. Yes. Okay. That's an important piece of information. I want to kind of circle back to that. Okay. Before I do, so we're going to put a pin on that because that's important. Um, before I do, do you see any connections between your waking life and this dream? Yes. Um, I, I think as I aim to pivot or um, figure out where I might go next with my uh, career and, and different things that I want to be looking at in the future um, in terms of more side side jobs that I might want to make more main jobs. Mm-hmm. It feels uh, it feels a little bit like that plunge effect of um, as I go deeper and deeper. It's like the more I'll have to backtrack if I needed to start over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's I think a quality that I I resonate with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's important. Um, it is interesting because this theme of um, career shifts have been coming up in dream states, by the way. So mm-hmm. this is, you're, you're like the second one where this has happened. Oh, really? Recent dream state. Yeah. 
So it's very interesting. Um, okay, before we, we dive into then kind of ex- starting to really explore the, some of the meanings together, what's one question that you really want to explore about this dream that maybe could guide us? So I guess maybe, I mean, there, there are many things, but you know, this, this concept of, of going, of having gone too far and, and the plunge being too deep and Mm. almost my role as the observer in the dream or this figure that's, um, and maybe the voice is like my voice. I mean, maybe I'm like doing the retelling, but, um, I guess I'm curious you know, how I can use the, this concept of how, how I can potentially understand a little bit more about what's going on with that plunge that I can bring back into my own life to give me, you know, the courage or the wisdom to, to do that without having it be this like, um, having it become something that feels to me like irreversible or, um, you know, like I'm going to go so far that I can't swim to the surface and Mm -hmm. kind of exploring those different elements of what the surface even represents and what the depth represents. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I think you're already starting to make some really important dots that connect some really important dots to this dream, as far as like what's happening in your, in your real life and some of the messages that are in it, some of the symbolism. I'm curious, what part of yourself might you think is this part that's doing the narrating? It's quite interesting that the narrator is talking about things as if it already happened. Yeah. And I'm just kind of curious what comes up for you when I, when I kind of name that. I think, yeah, I think what comes up for me is this, this kind of part of me that doesn't necessarily need to be on this ship or like as part of this crew mm-hmm. and, and can appreciate you know, the actual water itself, you know, cause it's, it, that narration had a view of the water, which is like such an uncharted thing, you know, by virtue of water itself. And I guess thinking to your question, I'm like, wow, that does, there was a stark difference between this, the scene of the ship and the scene of the water, the scene of the water, like, it didn't feel, it didn't really feel all that scary, you know, like it, it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was scary. Cause her, you know, she's going down, 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 down. But the feeling that I had in the dream wasn't one of scary. It was more one of like awe actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting, I'm off on a tangent, but does that make, does I think that you're make? on a good, I think you're on a rich one. I think you're going in, in a, a beautiful direction. This piece about, oh, I think is important because if it were my dream, I might be, I might be curious about if I can lean into the part of me that, that knows or is in contact with the awe of the ability to take the plunge that I'm feeling called to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if it were my dream, I might be curious if this part of me that's kind of narrating things in the past sense, there's, if there's this kind of like definitiveness inside of me, if there's a part of me that feels kind of definitive, like it's already made up their mind that this is, this is happening and that this is, and maybe that definitive part and that awe part might be amazing support in taking the plunge and might be an amazing support in, um, not shielding, but in, in, um, having distance 
from the natural fear that might come up. Mm-hmm. What, what comes up for you when I reflect that back? Yeah, well, I think in terms of have I, if I have already made, made, you know, made the plunge or made the decisions, I do think, I do think I, I have in many ways, but I also think part of it is looking at the kind of context of my dream a little bit too. She didn't, she didn't really willingly take the plunge. (laughs) So it feels like there's something there that makes me a little bit like uneasy, I think. Uh And again, it's the shift from the the ship deck to the water, Mm -hmm. but the, how do we reconcile the, um, you know, I guess maybe how do I reconcile this like inadvertent or, um, this against her will sort of avoidance of, of, a, of a really an act of violence, you know, something about that feels a little, mm-hmm. it, it's holding me back a little. <laughs> sure. Okay. So yeah, I'm glad that you went there. Cause there's a couple pieces that come up for me. One is um, what's the ship that you're leaving? Yeah, I think the ship that I'm leaving is one of like steady, steady paycheck, steady income, um, <clears throat> uh, built in support systems of institutions. Mm-hmm. All that feels kind of like the ship deck. <laughs> is there a part of you that, that, perceives leaving that ship as an almost violent like experience is there a part of you that feels um like it is there a part of you that feels like they would need to be ripped away they would need to be mm-hmm. walked off the plank in order to do that is there a part of like maybe some parts of mm-hmm. you are on board i wonder is there one is there one or some are there some parts that feel like i'm not willingly leaving the ship mm-hmm Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think there are parts of me that, that would like to stay on the ship because there are people I like on the ship too. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the other thing. Like I, I don't feel entirely <clears throat> in danger on the ship. I feel pretty safe. It's just that there's also, um, it is, again, this totally different energetic quality to being, to being on the ship versus knowing what's beneath the surface, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting the the distinction of both the lands, this like very stark distinction of landscape and also energetics that you spoke about in the two spaces. And if it were my dream, I wonder, I I might be curious if this dream is an opportunity for me to see like which parts of myself are at play around this decision and where are the different parts of myself in relationship to this plunge and how are they relating to that? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes in dreams, different characters can be different parts of ourselves. Sometimes they can be something entirely different. They can they can be symbolic, they can be guides helping us. They can, there's a lot of different layers of who different people can be. But it's quite interesting, like the connections that you're making already to your present day life. It makes me curious if it were my dream, if um, in addition to these people on the ship being uh, both maybe like my actual comrades in real life in the metaphorical ship, if they also might have some connections to parts of myself or clue me into to different parts of myself and in, in my relationship to this metaphorical taking the plunge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, the overarching feeling when you woke up of this sense of, um, like, you know, you mentioned this 
well, the overall feeling was like this kind of omnipresence, like this kind of, you know, you mentioned like almost a godlike, right? There's something quite transcendent about it. And the energetics of that ocean-like space. I wonder what might be different in your approach and in your next steps, if, if that was the part, if that feeling was what led, or that, or I might even reframe it, if that knowing is what led. Mm-hmm. Is what led my decision-making in my waking life. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think it would help me reconcile a little bit of my perceived or projected fear of the, okay, but what, what if I don't come back to the surface? Um, Because it would, it would, the answer would be, but you didn't really want to get back on the ship anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely different parts of me at work though, though to your point, I think, cause there are parts that do, that do want to be on the ship. <laughs> right. It sounds like there's like the parts that want to be in the ship. There's the parts, there's the part that's like the fear part that's like what if you don't make it back to the surface mm-hmm. and then there's the mm-hmm. parts that are just like in deep surrender mm-hmm. with the ocean mm-hmm. like the deep surrender of that change but completely mm-hmm. different a uh, way of being that flowing that omnipresent transcendent space yeah yeah and it's a it's a distinction because I, I'm very aware. I guess there's an awareness as I, as I see that part of the dream, that she's a very capable swimmer. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, it doesn't even matter that she's a very capable swimmer. Say more um, about that. Like it's because that's important. I think. Yeah, like she's just gone too far. Like mm-hmm. it's just there's no coming back from him Mm -hmm. and I think at the time I was like oh oh wow I didn't even think about this like at the time I thought okay well that's some that's like a a, uh, what's the word that's like a way of saying she's not built for the water but in fact maybe that was like her old life Mm-hmm. And that's a way of saying, yes, you can still have these skills. It doesn't necessarily mean you also can't be in the water. Right. I, I don't know. That makes sense. I think it makes total sense because what I'm hearing and what you, you know, what I hear, what I'm hearing and what you're sharing about this piece is that if it were my dream, I would have faith that I'm taking the skills of being the swimmer with me, but that there's yeah. a, a certain point that like, they become irrelevant. Yeah. They don't even, they don't, be, they become irrelevant. I don't lose them. They become irrelevant. And yeah. it's also the interesting piece around the, the morbidity because the, the morbidity of it and how you aren't in touch with kind of like this, you know, what in waking life we might have certain relationships around death. When we're in this, the dream space, we're usually in a kind of a much more transcendent place where we have, we can have different relationships with death, different relationships with different experiences in life and many times when we're kind of doing a big shift in our life like you know metaphorically jumping off the ship and going into the deep end of the ocean and as far as like a shift in our career and and how we not just how we you know make money but like in essence who we are there usually is uh like a a a layer of an ego death that happens in that process. There is a part where we are no longer the person we were. Yeah. Yeah. That hits. I think it was like, and I wonder what, yeah. I mean, I was very aware that there was a point where that just had to be, that ability to swim exactly was irrelevant and sort of had to be surrendered. And 
it wasn't like a, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make like a, didn't reflect on her being a poor swimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, and I, I resonate with the idea that my relationship or the notion of, of death in that dream didn't, didn't really align with, you know, my waking life notions or fears around death. It was right. Yeah. It was. And maybe that's why my, my dream had to kind of do this sort of time passage thing. Like maybe that was something that needed to happen um, to really have it like sink in that, mm-hmm. that I didn't need to like hold on to this, like, okay, but maybe she can kick your legs, kick your legs, kick your legs, you know, kind of thing. Um, so that's really, that's really interesting to think about like who, like what that voice was coming from and what, what else that voice knows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it were my dream, I might be curious if my, you can call it whatever you want, but my capital S self, my wider self, my soul, whatever that is, but that transcendent part of me, that part of me where my wisdom sits. I might be curious about if my, if that wise part of me was doing this as kind of like a metaphorical symbolic dress rehearsal to help the other parts of me see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And knowing that if I could maybe lean on that uh, wise part of myself and continuing to allow that wise part be in the lead as best as possible. Yeah. I like dress rehearsal. I think that's hmm. I like that idea. As we, um, as we wrap up with your beautiful, rich dream, Kelly, I'm just kind of curious, um, what's one way you can honor your dream moving forward based on our exploration? It could be one tiny baby step. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, <clears throat> I like this idea. And again, I had this dream a few months ago and I like the idea of it was it was nice to be able to come back to it. And I think maybe now with a little passage of time, I can see it in more of that dress rehearsal way that you're describing. Like I've some of the initial just kind of, oh my gosh, like just that like awe and kind of the overwhelm has and I found a little bit of more sensibility around it or whatever. And I like the idea of maybe just going with that, that idea of the dress rehearsal and kind of seeing what I might be able to learn from the, that narrative voice. Um, And maybe that is kind of a wise self uh, inner part of, of me. And uh, you know, I've done some inner child journaling, so maybe that could be something that I could wrap into, um, uh, you know, also trying out, you know, talking to that part of me and, um, Mm -hmm. just seeing what they have and and using the context of the dream to kind of give myself comfort around that, I think would be useful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing such a a rich dream. I have no doubt that people who are listening are, you know, we're on the edge of their seats through the story and I'm sure resonate with uh, a lot of the the symbols you brought, scenarios, this piece around being at this big transition period in, in your life and kind of getting ready to take the plunge and kind of, you know, taking steps to, to leave like a former version and stepping into a new version. So thank you for so much for generously sharing this dream. Um, I just want to, you know, take a moment to acknowledge your guides and your well-bright ancestors, the loving supportive powers that kind of created this circle for us of exploration or dream teachers that helped guide this process and just give gratitude to them. Um, 
and give gratitude to listeners who listen to this in a different time, but still are part of this like field of support um, and acknowledge them as we kind of close this circle and, and uh, close out this sacred exploration together. Thank you so much again for, for being here, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks, Marcy. Wasn't that amazing uh, dream seat with Kelly? Just want to extend gratitude to her for uh, being willing to come on the podcast and share that dream because I think it's so it, it offers so much richness for us. And so let's talk about a bit about some of the themes, some of the takeaways and uh, some questions I want to offer to you to explore in your own life and in your own dreams. You know, one of the themes that came up in this dream uh, for Kelly was meeting almost in a sense, this transcendent part of ourselves, that part where the wisdom uh, from our deeper self lives. And I do find that that part of ourselves will often bring dreams. And it's both an invitation to experience that wisdom directly ourselves, but also more often than not, an invitation for us to perhaps embody, to be more in touch with that wise part of ourselves and to trust our inner compass. That feels to me like something that was really coming up a lot in this dream. When I look at it as a whole, you look at the whole arc of the story, you look at where things went and you look at perhaps the, the message, the takeaway. And it's really this invitation for Kelly to trust her inner compass. And so I invite you to explore what would it be like to trust your inner compass right now? The part of you that knows the time beyond the time, the timelessness, the part of you that knows how to trust yourself, what would that be like? And what might it look like if in the weeks ahead, you trusted your inner compass a little bit more? I think something else that comes up for this dream that is often something that comes up in many people's dreams is that sometimes dreams are, our dreams are reflections of our inner conflict and are, they can be an inner conflict between different parts of ourselves. Now it's important to say, and I talk about this a lot more in my, my dream programs. Um, but you know, it's not always the case that the different parts in a dream are parts of ourselves. That's not always the case. And my experience is the more that we work with our dreams, the more we're able to discern where, when that's the case and when it's not the case. When are we actually dealing with different parts of ourselves, like kind of symbolically versus when are we actually dealing with different energies? Um, when are we dealing with someone's perhaps transcendent part of themselves coming into our dreams to have conversations, etc.? In this case, for me, based on how things were going, like the connections of the dots, that Kelly was connecting to her own experience and just the overall like mood of the, of the dream, um, some of the overarching themes, it was very clear to me. It felt like it was a reflection of uh, an inner conflict between different parts. And so that sometimes can be the case and it can be really empowering to recognize that because sometimes we can have scary figures in our dreams and we can perhaps think that, uh, you know, maybe some scary figure is actually going to bother us in our waking life. And sometimes that scary part is actually a part of ourselves that is, has been exiled away, has been shoved, shoved away from ourselves, or maybe we've shamed and is showing up in a really, really scary way in a dream somehow to get our attention because it's kind of like almost like a last resort. Another thing that comes up for me when I think about this exploration that we did with Kelly's dream is that it's not only a, an opportunity to notice the inner conflict between different parts, but it's also an opportunity to come to know different parts of ourselves. Different parts of our psyche have different needs. And I think that that's really important to acknowledge and to widen our frame around. I think that unfortunately, I mean, we've made some strides forward, but unfortunately, I think traditionally the way that we think about our psyche is in kind of like a single manner, a single mannered way, like as if we are, we, we are one single thing and we have one single set of needs. 
And that is just not my experience personally or professionally as I've worked with people. We are very complex, multifaceted beings, uh, some of which includes, you know, our inner children, our inner teens, which I've talked about on different episodes in the podcast, uh, our adolescent selves, our younger adult selves, like, and also just like different parts of our personality that need different things. And so it's important to allow a wide web understanding of who's the quote unquote me. And the me is maybe a, a large web of different parts. Um, and so through this dream and through dream work, we can sometimes come to know different parts of ourselves. And that's, I think the opportunity in Kelly's dream that she brought with us and is reflecting that opportunity for us as well. Another piece I want to talk about is allowing different parts of ourselves to die. Now this sounds really harsh, uh, from a language perspective, I, I feel like, you know, as usual, sometimes language doesn't capture the nuance, but it's really like the sense of letting go. Sometimes we outgrow different parts of ourselves. They, you know, and that can be the ways that we cope. It could be the way that we prioritize certain things. It could be even the way that we've ordered certain values in our life. And those older selves, uh, when we outgrow them, it's time to shed them. But I often find that, you know, when we're on that threshold of shedding that older self, there is a tendency for us to hold on for dear life and to grip really hard and to not want to let go and to resist and to resist and to resist. And so there is a a grace that can happen when we perhaps have an opportunity to see in a dream that there is maybe this invitation to allow part of ourselves uh, to die or a pattern to be released. There's an invitation to move with that consciously, to join forces with that wise part of ourselves and to join forces with the helping powers that are supporting our lives and our path um, rather than working against them. I'm not saying that that's always easy, but I will, I'm saying that the invitation is there. And that's part of, I think, the invitation that's available in um, Kelly's dream as well. And the last one is a suggestion that I gave to Kelly, which I think is an important one. When we have a dream that sticks with us, when we have a dream that seems to have certain qualities, whether it's transcendence or it just has a certain level of potency for us, I think it's important to honor the dream. And one way we can actually honor it is to take a specific step in our waking life. And so you can explore, you know, how, what, like one tiny baby step that you can take towards honoring that dream. So I want to end with a question for you to reflect on, and that is what might be different in your life if your inner knowing, your wisdom, and your trust in life, most of all in yourself, was leading your next steps. Where, if you're listening to this in real time, we're at a, an important phase of the year where we're in the final weeks of 2021. And I think this is an important time to, to allow for some reflection ahead of the holidays and ahead of moving into 2022 around what might that look like if you allow just a little bit more your inner knowing, your wisdom, and your trust in yourself to lead uh, any next steps you take. And they can be tiny steps. They don't have to be big, giant leaps, unless you feel like you're having a bit, you know, invitation to take a big leap and dive deep, kind of like Kelly's dream. But I think that it's important um, for us to honor when those invitations come and Maybe parts of us feel really afraid, like we talked about in, in the session with Kelly, the different parts of herself are showing up in the dream and feeling afraid about that. And that's okay. It's not about ignoring them. It's about tending to them and at the same time still empowering ourselves to, to take steps forward and to take steps that feel doable um, and that don't kind of send too many parts of ourselves into panic. So that's what I want to lead you, leave you with today. I hope that you enjoyed this dream seat as much as I did holding space for it and exploring it with Kelly. Um, and uh, if you want to be a part of the podcast, if you'd love to do a dream seat with me, make sure that you are on my newsletter because as I have opportunities that become available, 
um, which I will open up from period you know, periodically from time to time, then you could put your name in uh, to be considered for um, coming on the podcast and joining me to do a, a dream seat together. And it's a really beautiful opportunity to receive dream interpretation support and exploration and guidance from me and also for everyone in the community who's listening to benefit as well. I really do think that uh, by exploring each other's dreams, we develop a deeper relationship with our own inner dreamer and with our own dream world. And it helps us to deepen our relationship with the symbols, with the meanings, and with the richness of that dream space. If this episode resonated with you, I really hope you will uh, join me in honoring one last request I have. And that is to share this episode with one friend or loved one. I would be so grateful for that. And it's kind of honoring this uh, spirit of sharing that we talk about in my own household, which is this idea that sharing is caring. I spend a good chunk of my work week uh, reflecting on, writing, recording, editing, and finishing the latest podcast episode. It is a a team of one effort. It's me (laughs) that does this. I don't have a whole team behind the podcast like um, I know some other folks do. And so this is a really nice opportunity for you to give back and to help the podcast grow, which is ultimately my goal to be able to provide an opportunity for folks um, to freely really enjoy some of these teachings, to reflect on some of these deeper topics and to, to make them accessible. So most podcast apps have a share button, and this allows you to message the episode either directly or an option to copy and paste the episode link. Uh, It's my favorite way personally to share podcast episodes I love with people that are part of my circle. And another option is that you could take a screenshot, and then you can tag me at Marcy Moberg on Instagram Um, so that I see that. I would love to know uh, you know, what you think of the episodes and when you're sharing them. And then lastly, if you're, you're like really over the moon, this episode gave you lots of really beautiful things to focus, you know, focus on, to think about, um, or you're a regular podcast listener and you haven't hopped on over yet. I would be really grateful if you could give a, uh, review, ideally a five-star review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to your podcast. This is another wonderful way to give back and a great opportunity for more folks to find the podcast. So that's it for this week's episode. I had so much fun sharing this with you. And so until next time, as usual, I'll leave you with my personal mantra. And that is that being you takes courage. And isn't this episode and this dream seat exactly about that? Much love to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I hope you love the episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review, ideally five stars. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at www.marcymoberg.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.